The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a kick. And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! Sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler. Join alongside my co-host, Aaron Murray. Be sure to follow us at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11. And head on over to puntandpass.com, the number one destination for all things college football. Aaron coming off a monster week, 4-1 and one against the spread. He has taken his lead. In punt pass and pick, he's twenty four and sixteen on the season. I went is two and first three. Time, is it the first time in five years? I really I do think it believe. it might be up there. Pretty impressive. Great weekend for you. We both lost our locks. I mean, that's come to be expected now. I went two and three. I'm twenty two and eighteen against the spread. But puntandpass.com has our YouTube page up there, our merchandise, our blog, our picks. It's got everything. Head on over to puntandpass.com. And this episode of Punt and Pass is presented by our brand new partners over at Solomon Brothers Jewelers. First things first, if you head over to Solomon Brothers Jewelers, they have two locations, one in Buckhead, one in Alpharetta, and you're shopping and you mention the Punt and Pass podcast or just mention Drew and Aaron, you receive 10% off your jewelry purchase. New partners, we met with Jaron a couple weeks ago. Aaron and I, yeah, we're heading into the store next week with the ladies. We can say that right now, right? Aaron, it's a surprise, but they don't, they don't listen to the podcast, so we can say that and tell everybody that we're going to head into the Buckhead location. Follow them at Solomon Brothers on Instagram. Head on over to SolomonBrothers.com. Why would you want to shop at Solomon Brothers? Well, first off, Halloween is this weekend. Holiday season is around the corner. If you're getting engaged, if you need to get some brownie points on the home front, Solomon Brothers has been family-owned and operated since 1982, that's right, for over 35 years, and they have the largest diamond and jewelry inventory in the Southeast. The store is for anyone with a budget, and again, speaking of budget, mention Punt and Pass, mention Drew and Aaron, you get 10% off of your jewelry purchase. They have the lowest prices on the highest quality jewelry and diamonds, guaranteed Check out Solomon Brothers Jewelers in Buckhead or Alpharetta and mention Punt and Pass. Thrilled to have them joining the podcast, Aaron. It is almost holiday season. It's almost Halloween. The college football playoff rankings come out next Tuesday. It's getting into the thick of it, man. We had a pretty interesting week eight. Uh, A little bit of the bye week blues. Some of the more premier matchups, they didn't take place. But looking towards week nine, that's certainly there. What were your main takeaways from last weekend? Oklahoma, Clemson. I don't know. Where do you want to start? I think, I think the Clemson ship has sailed. I think both of us were pretty confident that Pittsburgh was going to win that football game. 
to me, it's 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 now Dabo is. I'm not saying cleaning house, but it's almost open competition, even even yeah. for DTU. Yeah. You just think about. It. I know we've mentioned this a couple of times, but the top quarterbacks heading into the country this year, there's two guys that were Heisman candidates. Yeah, favorites. That a lot of people had picking. Yeah, yeah. favorites to win the Heisman that are both going to be possibly on the bench. DJ, you got bench. Obviously, Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma is on the bench right now. Yeah. Uh, just not playing great, but that's why, you know, you love college football. You hate college football, all the preseason hype, whether it's the rankings, whether it's Heisman talk, uh, do they ever actually come out and and are as accurate? Most likely not, but Oklahoma, I want to get your thoughts on that play at the end of the game. Cause (sighs) I've, I've, I've read a lot of articles. Obviously I was watching the game and running back gets going forward, gets knocked back to two yards. So a lot of people are saying, Oh, it should have been. Forward progression, uh, progress was stopped. Whistle should have been blown. I thought it happened way too fast for that whistle to be blown. I thought it was like immediately he got knocked back. You know, Caleb grabbed the football from him at that point, which is – how did the running back know that it was Caleb? That was was exactly what I was about to ask. He just had crappy ball handling um, that he let his quarterback take the ball from him and then was able to get the first down. But that was an incredible play because if they don't get that – I don't trust Oklahoma's defense. They may have lost that football game to Kansas, which would have obviously knocked them out of the playoff picture. I was listening to Rick Neuheisel on Sirius XM yesterday morning, Sunday morning, and he was talking about, because it was a fourth down play, right to your question about Kennedy Brooks, his ball handling, ball security, how did he know it was Caleb Williams stripping the ball away from him to then run for a first down? And Neuheisel was going, I don't know, like maybe since he knew it was fourth down, an impotence on ball security really wasn't that important. I don't think that Kenny Brooks had the wherewithal to really understand that in the moment. But that play right there, obviously, is going to be one that everybody looks back on because that was a game-changing play. They were about to lose to Kansas, which would have been one of the biggest upsets in the history of college football. I think it just speaks to more so the problems on the whole for Oklahoma's offense. They struggled mightily in Lawrence. Kansas one of the worst teams in Power 5 football. I don't know. I mean, there are there are certainly issues within Soonerville right now and Clemson also. Listen to this statistic. I saw this yesterday. This is wild. There are only two Power 5 teams yet to score 20 points in regulation against an FBS opponent. One of them is Arizona. Arizona's 0-7. They're awful. I bet against them two weeks in a row for my flip-the-field pre-pick. One week I won. Last week I lost. Washington beat them on Friday night. But the other... Clemson. Wow. Arizona and Clemson are the only two Power 5 teams yet to score 20 points in regulation against an FBS opponent. Both of them have played in six games against FBS opponents. I mean, it's just insane. The fact that we're having this conversation about Clemson right now is wild. And I did, I just watched that, that Caleb Williams play again. And I think they got it right. It was so fast. There was no forward so progress fast. right there. And, and and amazing that he had the strength or that Kennedy Brooks had the heads-up awareness to let the ball be stripped away from him. Caleb Williams gets it. That was a fourth down, and they sealed the game. Um, I just can't believe Clemson the, – the, the thing that worries me, obviously with Clemson, they're not a good football team. They don't have an offense. But they're in the ACC. It's not like you're, you're talking about LSU here who – LSU had that magical run in 19, Joe Burrow and everyone, they're scoring all these points, they win a national championship, and then you have the COVID year, and then they kind of go backwards. They're 5-5 yeah. five and five the next season, 
And you can say, okay, well, listen, they lost all those players. They lost coordinators. They're in the SEC. They're in the SEC West. Like, that's fine. But the fact that Clemson is – this is happening to them, the way they've recruited the coaches that are on the staff, and it's the ACC. It's unbelievable. It's ACC. This isn't the SEC. Like, I just can't believe the talent on that team that they are where they are right now. Because there's the – I mean, but this goes back to the – problem with some fans that always base everything on recruiting yeah oh we have more stars than they do and we've had more five stars and four stars and this and that and they're a bunch of three stars as you and i know because we've been in these locker rooms those stars don't mean anything they don't mean anything they don't, they don't mean and until you go out there and prove it on the field and actually go and win some football games those stars mean absolutely diddly squat as soon as you sign your letter of intent and and, and this is the perfect example right now of clemson because they have a bunch of four and five stars yep and they're a four and three football team in the ACC, same level as the Pac-12 right now. It really is unbelievable, and I think I'll, I'll kind of top that off with the Clemson talking point with this: Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson are generational franchise-type quarterbacks at the college level. Deshaun obviously won a national championship, upended Alabama. Trevor Lawrence did the same thing; they whooped up on Alabama when they had the chance a couple of years ago. Everybody had presumed that DJU was next in line to do that. He flashed big time in his two starts last season. Obviously, he has all the intangibles. He has the measurables as well to where you're coming into the season going, well, he's in the Clemson system, and he certainly will be able to perform at the same level as Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson. Dabo Sweeney is the one getting exposed right now because he has not been able to adjust his offense and the success of his football team without that type of talent at the quarterback position. Let's just go to Georgia. I mean, there has been a ton of attrition at the quarterback position for the past two seasons at Georgia, and Kirby Smart and Todd Munkin, and really Dan Lanning on the off I mean, defensive side of the ball, I'll give him some credit too, has been able to adjust and say, hey, here's how we are going to make sure that this does not affect the overall success of our football team. So Clemson, really going to have to do some soul-searching. You mentioned it in the show open, Aaron. Most likely they're going to start rotating some guys, figuring out who's next because it just simply isn't working. And you said it on last week's podcast. They won't be able to score. Take Pittsburgh. Nope. They can't score. And that was proven to be true. So, Can you pronounce the backup quarterback for Clemson? Because, you know, it took it took me a year to be able to pronounce DJ Uyunglele. Okay. And now their backup quarterback, I'm not even going to attempt to try to pronounce his name i gotta look it the most two most difficult just go on espn yeah two of the most difficult pronunciations for quarterbacks tyson pahamakanaka tyson poma i i have no idea is there a uh (laughs) if you go to clemson's uh website they should have the phonetic spelling in there they should that we'll figure we'll figure it out by uh, that's a broadcaster's nightmare no doubt about it tyson i'm assuming it's tyson yeah yeah, it's like uh, it's like when I get the the games in Hawaii in the Mountain West. Yeah, that's tough, man. That's tough. Yeah, so Tyson getting uh, sorry, DJ's getting benched. Tyson coming in. Um, this will be an interesting storyline to continue to follow as the season progresses. We're heading into Week Nine, the college football playoff rankings coming out next Tuesday, Aaron. And I think there's a lot of focus right now on the Big Ten as well. Heading into Week Nine, you got undefeated number six ranked Michigan heading to East Lansing to take on undefeated seventh ranked. Michigan State. You got Penn State, who just dropped one in a crazy nine overtime game against Illinois. 
taking on Ohio State. Is Ohio State still the best? They have found their groove on offense. The best part about the Big Ten is that it's all about to come to a head because all of these top 25 teams who have yet to play one another are about to get into the thick of their schedule. Iowa plays Wisconsin this weekend. It's going to be fun to see how this shakes out. I'm just telling you right now, I said it two weeks ago, I am worried that even with Cincinnati's poor performance, they won and they beat Navy, that they might, with their horrible schedule coming down the stretch, get lapped by a one-loss SEC team and an undefeated Big what, Ten team. What, all right, there's, there's one team right now that, I, I mean, I, I was it was funny because I heard it on the radio, ACC channel, probably about a month ago. And everyone, and I think I brought it on the podcast, that every, everyone in the ACC is now, because of Clemson and they had a couple losses, are now hoping that Wake Forest is the team oh my to gosh. win the ACC and go undefeated. But right now, right now, Wake Forest, who just won 70-56 against Army this weekend, crazy game. When you look at their main schedule for Wake Forest, this weekend, Duke, following weekend, North Carolina, NC State, Clemson, Boston College. Nothing. I mean, they're all quality opponents. North Carolina's four and three. NC State's five and two. Obviously, Clemson's Clemson, and then Boston College is four and three. Do we need to start paying attention to Wake Forest? No, no, because they just let up fifty six points to Army. I think they Who are fugazi. There's no one. I mean, they're all good teams, but no one's like they'll be favored in every single game. I think. Well, wouldn't Pitt play them in the ACC championship game? Because Pitt would beat Wake Forest. I agree with that. Yeah. I, I really do think that that's like I don't even think that's really Pitt's a really good football team. Kenny Pickett. I mean, I they have got what it takes to. Well, would you put a one loss Pittsburgh in then? If they win the ACC, depending on their style of play, heading down the rest of the season, if they play Miami, Duke. That's win, win, win. North Carolina at home should be a win. Virginia at home. I mean, that's gonna be a tough game. Virginia six and two right now, and then they finish the year off at Syracuse, and we all know how tough it is to play in the dome, but. If you got a, you know, eleven and one Pittsburgh going against an undefeated Wake Forest, and Pittsburgh beats Wake Forest, I mean, would Pittsburgh, would one of those teams, go in before Cincinnati, or is are we just saying that it would have to be a one loss Big Ten or Pac twelve, a la Oregon? To, well, to- I'm saying SEC champion, yeah. presumably a one loss SEC team, I guess at this point, Big Ten Alabama, champ, which would Alabama be yeah, win. yeah. Big Ten champ would be Ohio State, and then you got to presume Oklahoma. I mean, that's that's what it's going to be. It's going to be the same old thing. Who knows? It's going to be fun to watch. I mean, like I you just said, Wake too, Fo- Wake Forest's poor schedule down the stretch, and yeah. Cincinnati's abysmal schedule down the stretch will hurt them. Keep in mind, I've said it now three times. First edition of the college football playoff rankings come out next Tuesday. That's exactly what these guys are going to be talking about. There is no question about it. And if they do talk about Clemson's backup quarterback, I've got the pronunciation right here. Tyson Pumacon. Pumacon. That's Tyson Pumacon. That's it. So he probably will be taking over for DJ Uyunglele this weekend as Clemson takes on. Drew, has, has the ship on Ole Miss sailed? Well, tell me this. I keep seeing, and, and nobody knows anything about the LSU head coaching search. If you talk about it, you're guessing, it, you, you are prognosticating. Lane Kiffin to LSU continues to be brought up. Is this here real? First on the pun pass. Is this real? First. I would think, I think so. Why wouldn't it be real? I mean, if you're Lane, 
fan, you know, say all you want about maybe it's not a good look that you leave Ole Miss that fast, but I mean, you got to take care of yourself. And yeah. LSU is way more of a premier job than Ole Miss is when it comes to just the ability to recruit, the ability to have more dollars, to to get better facilities. Just the overall brand is better historically. Obviously, they've won national championships multiple here in the past 15 years. Um, so I would. Why not? Why would you not take a better job in the SEC if your goal is to be, you know, the next best coach once Saban leaves, he's going to situate, put himself in a situation where he could be that next guy. And you know they're going to back up the Brinks truck too. Um, I oh. think they have to make a sexy hire. I, I don't think they're going to. Who go would off you the rather grid. have? Would you rather have Lane Kiffin, James Franklin, um, uh, who else is who else from the big time names in there? Well, I would. I mean, you know, I've always said from the beginning, and I don't know if they'll be able to pull him out of the NFL, but I think Joe Brady would be that guy, and I think it would save them a couple of dollars have on enough, the back end. You don't think so? Have, no, I listen. I like I like Joe Brady. I just, you know, you look at what the issue was this year with with the hiring of coordinators who don't have a lot of experience calling plays. I know Joe Brady has experience calling plays, but he doesn't have experience being a head coach. So I think that is the issue of okay. We went the route of hiring lesser experienced guys. It didn't work out this season. Yeah. Why now are we going to go hire a head coach who has no experience yeah. at that position? No, so you're I think right. that's what hurts Joe Brady. I mean, I, I to me, if I'm if I'm wanting someone with with SEC ties that can recruit, that is is proven. Um, I'm picking Lane Kiffin. If he wants to go, why would you not go after Lane Kiffin? He to me, he's the best one out of the bunch. I agree with you. I, I think uh, I think that they'll take their time for sure, uh, but they also made that decision mid-season because I think they have their eyes on somebody. They're talking to agents. They're getting that yeah. ball rolling. There's no doubt about it. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Ballou here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Another team who we've talked about a lot, who's going to be in the news heavily this weekend, leading up to the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, of course, Georgia taking on Florida and Jacksonville this weekend, is Florida. Dan Mullen, is he on the hot seat? You said, I don't really think so. He's going to have to make some changes within the coaching staff, probably on the defensive side of the ball. But there's already some gamesmanship 
heading into the Georgia versus Florida matchup. Georgia opens up as a 13 or 14 point favorite. I think that is way too short. Uh, number one ranked Bulldogs. I believe this is their first time they're taking on Florida undefeated in a very, very long time. But neither team is really speaking definitively about who's going to play quarterback for them. Even Kirby Smart, Georgia football's head coach, came out last week with some very candid remarks, which shocked me. I was like, wow, I cannot believe he's opening up like this. He was saying, well, we don't really know which quarterback is better because it's hard to compare the game plans that we go into each game with, depending on whether Stetson's starting or that JT's starting. So he kind of said, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see how JT's health is. That right there determines what type of game plan they go into a Saturday with. And then on the flip side, Florida and Dan Mullen simply saying, we just don't know. I mean, Anthony Richardson, Emory Jones, can somebody throw the football? Who can get first downs? Who won't turn it over? I think Florida's way in over their heads in this matchup this weekend. And um, just years past since we've been doing the podcast, Darren, there are some years where I'm a bit hesitant when the world's largest outdoor cocktail party comes up, there are other years when I'm sitting there going, I don't know, this isn't a good matchup. And there have been years where I walk up and I go, this is about to be a total beatdown. And that's what's happening this weekend. Georgia is about to wipe the floor with Florida. Yeah. And, and I want to hit first the quarterback. Uh, I don't, the words that the, it's not a controversy. People keep saying, Oh, it's a controversy. No, it's not. It's a great situation. When you look at both Georgia and Florida right now, Florida's trying to figure out who their starting quarterback is going to be because neither one has really taken it from the other and, and has played yeah. well. I mean, yeah. Emory's played well at times. Anthony Richardson's played well at times, but no one has been consistent. Georgia, completely different. You got two quality quarterbacks that have both played really well in their careers. Obviously, JT's been hindered with injuries. Um, Stetson, you know my feelings on Stetson, has been absolutely tremendous this year. Funny thing, you know, I was texting you. I saw Stetson actually at the airport on Friday. And I texted him after. I was like, I don't know if Stetson's getting taller or I'm getting shorter in my old age. <laughs> Probably a little bit. But both. I feel like we were looking like eye to eye. I was like, damn, I didn't realize he's you know, he's six foot plus. So yeah. he's not. Oh, wait, are you saying you're six foot plus? Damn right, I'm six foot plus. <laughs> uh, um, no, you definitely are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he, I think I think Stetson's the, the guy. You know, I don't I don't think. I think for both teams, you, you got to make a decision and you got to roll with it. Like yeah. if you're going to go with Emory, it needs to be like what what happened with Florida when they played Alabama. Emory's our guy. We're not going back and forth. Anthony Richardson isn't going to get a series every three series. It is Emory. Here's the football. We believe in you. Go win us the football game. And you're not going to be looking over your shoulder. You're not going to be coming in and out. You got the entire football game. And I think the same thing has to be said for Georgia's quarterbacks. As, as a statement from here on out, we're middle of the season. You've seen JT play. You've seen Stetson play. You see how the guys around them react to who's the quarterback. You know what? You have a feeling from the locker room who the team believes in. You make the decision. I know it's tough. You make the decision and you roll with it. You cannot be going, in my opinion, back and forth this entire season. You can't be splitting reps. You can't be giving – you know, JT every four series or Stetson every four yeah. series. Yeah. You're our quarterback. We got five games left, SEC championship in the playoffs, and we're going to build this offense around you going forward. Make a decision. Let's roll with it. How shocking that all-time leading quarterback in SEC history, Aaron Murray, would have that thought process 
as a former quarterback who's done it before. I, I think that carries a ton of weight. I appreciate you saying that. And I think that's probably how it will be heading into this weekend. And like you said, this is not a bad thing. This is not a bad thing for the football team at Georgia. It is a good problem to have because both guys hopefully will be playing at a very high level, all dependent on JT's health. So we'll see what happens. I think, again, Georgia heading into this game against Jacksonville, they're feeling pretty good. You know, this defense, they're heading into every game feeling pretty good as long as they don't turn the ball over and create some disasters in special teams. They most likely. I, I, do you worry about fine. Georgia? The, the only issue, or worry, um, and it shouldn't be a worry. It just to me, it, it hasn't been proven yet. Is it, it won't be proving it's Florida because Florida is, is still a run first team. That's where Georgia makes her money. It's it's stopping the run. It's Georgia will not be tested this entire season. Will not be tested. I'm going to pull up the schedule real quick just yeah, to make sure because it's about to get cakewalk well Tennessee you know I, they just don't have well, Tennessee will throw the football yeah. so I guess maybe Tennessee a little bit but they're not going to get tested by a true passing attack until the SEC championship yeah. game yeah and that to me that worries me just a little bit um because they're going to have to face most likely Alabama who we know could throw the football or if Alabama slips up and loses they're going to have to face Ole Miss and we know Ole Miss yeah. obviously can throw the football so that that's the only thing to me that hasn't been answered yet. Can Georgia slow down a team that wants to throw the ball with a with a very talented quarterback 30 plus times in a game? Yeah. But other than that, Georgia, to me, that they've answered every single question. And I'm not saying Georgia can't do that defensively. I'm just saying we haven't seen them have to do it yet. Yeah. Ole Miss Auburn coming up this weekend. Um, before we kind of recap what happened last week and take a quick peek at week nine and get out of here. Put a percentage number on if you think Alabama loses another game before the SEC championship game. Uh, does Alabama lose another game? Still uh, have to play LSU, LSU. Still have to play no. Auburn. I mean, it's LSU and Auburn. I mean, they'll take care of business for Arkansas, especially at home. I'm interested to see Auburn this weekend. You know I, yeah. how I feel about yeah. Auburn right now. I think Auburn's a good defense. I think if Bo Nix can take what he did versus – um, Arkansas and, and continue to move in that direction. The receivers continue to play well. I think Alabama has issues, especially on defense. You, you saw it versus yeah, Tennessee this yeah, weekend. Absolutely. I mean, shoot, Tennessee took a lead, and, and and that's it. Tennessee's a good football team, and and I think that's a team that's going to get better and better. The issue is they don't have depth. So third, fourth quarter, the better teams kind of run away with it because they just have, have run out of gas. I think Auburn at home, and, and Bo Nix won this game two years ago, if they keep moving in this direction, that's going to be a really interesting game. Yeah. So I'm not confident Alabama is is the team that Georgia is going to even yeah. face in the SEC championship game based on what we've seen from them this year. All right. You I are ask. who you are. And right now, Alabama defensively has has not been great this season. All right. So I asked for a percentage. What is your percentage that they go undefeated throughout the rest of the regular season? Uh, I would say 60 percent, 65 percent, 70. Yeah, okay. 70 percent. I mean, I think they yeah. do beat Auburn, but I wouldn't be shocked if Auburn beat. I think it's going to be a close game at Auburn. End of the year, we know how crazy the Iron Bowl is. I think Auburn's a, a quality football team. So if I'm Georgia, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that's the case. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know what I'm ex- there, there is a – I know, you know, Kirby says it and, and, and coaches say, it, oh, listen, these players were not here during the national championship. These players weren't yeah. here when I played. Like – they don't. They they could care less about what the the history is with you know Alabama versus Georgia, but 
until you get that monkey off the back, it's still a discussion. No point. question. It's still talked about. These kids aren't stupid. They've watched the games. They know of what, what has happened in the fourth quarter when George and Alabama face each other. Absolutely. So <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's still hard to get that monkey off the back. But if you don't have to play Alabama, you can play Ole Miss or Auburn. I would rather do that all day long. Oh, my so. goodness. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know what I'm excited to see? I'm excited to see Solomon Brothers Jewelers, where you and I are heading next week with our wives, Sharon and Jackie. And why are we excited? Because they've got two beautiful stores, one in Alpharetta and one in Buckhead. They have amazing service, and they have the biggest selection, the best quality, the lowest prices, and the top in-store experience, which we will report back to you on, which is totally unmatched. If you mention the Punt and Pass podcast, if you mention Drew and Aaron, you're going to get 10% off your jewelry purchase. Check them out at Solomon Brothers on Instagram, SolomonBrothers.com. They have the lowest prices on the highest quality jewelry and diamonds, guaranteed. Solomon Brothers also offers interest-free financing options, custom jewelry design, lifetime diamond upgrades, and again, these beautiful stores with amazing service, either in Buckhead or in Alpharetta, if you're up in the north suburbs like me. Or if you are in it, in the action, like Aaron down in Buckhead, I think we're going to head to the Buckhead store next week. Jaron Solomon, damn good dog as well. Holiday season's right around the corner. It is beautiful weather outside. Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever you celebrate. If you have a big-time engagement coming up, or if you just need to win some brownie points at home, head on over to Solomon Brothers. Again, SolomonBrothers.com, at Solomon Brothers on Instagram. Mention Punt and Pass. 10% off your jewelry purchase solomonbrothers.com yeah aaron it was a uh, an interesting weekend but i'm looking towards week nine already some awesome matchups in week nine we can kind of look ahead real quick 7 p.m espn number 10 Ole miss taking on number 18 auburn at jordan hare 7 30 p.m abc number 20 penn state coming off that awful loss in nine overtimes taking on number five ohio state in the horseshoe ohio state one of the hottest teams in college football right now that big noon kickoff on Fox, number six, Michigan, against number eight, Michigan State. Both teams are undefeated at 7-0. and Of course, number one ranked Georgia taking on Jacksonville, excuse me, taking on Florida in Jacksonville. That is always the 3.30 p.m. game on CBS. Look, it's getting down to it. Another game, too, which could throw a wrench into the college football playoff. I know Notre Dame's hey, kind of on the outside looking in. Late, don't forget about my game late night, Fresno State 6-2 and two versus undefeated San Diego State. Oh, I love it. So you're heading back out to L.A. And back out to L.A., damn, that's going to be a good game. I love it. That will Excited. be a really good game. And North Carolina, who certainly has had ups and downs through 2021 so far, taking on Notre Dame, another night game in South Bend. Notre Dame, 6-1, and one, ranked number 11. If you had to guess right now, a look ahead, what is your college football playoff ranking that comes out next Tuesday? Ooh, my ranking that comes out next Tuesday, Georgia 1. Um, Georgia 1. Ohio State. Yeah, I was about to say, no chance they put Cincinnati number two. They have got to set themselves up to get them out of there. Yeah, I would say Ohio State two. So a one loss Ohio State because of their loss to Oregon. Yeah, Ohio State looks to me right now that they they have passed the eyeball test as of late compared to Alabama, compared to Oklahoma, obviously. Um, I'd go them two. I'd go Oklahoma three, Cincinnati four. So Alabama five. Yeah, I, I, I they, the loss obviously hurts, and they, they, to me, they haven't been as dominant either. So uh, I know they've won their games, but they've, they, they, they've definitely been shaky at points. So I'd keep them out of it. I, to me, I think you got to keep Cincinnati in right now. 
until you know that those some of those teams start winning um, or win their conference. But I think Ohio State, when you watch Ohio State play at the moment, this is a dangerous football team to me. They're the, they're the only team at the moment that I think they can compete with Georgia. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. I, mean, I, think I, that, I think they're the only team. Oklahoma can't. Cincinnati can't. I think if you just take away the the name Alabama and you put those two teams on the field, I think you'd be like, there's no way that that team can can hang with Georgia. All right, I'm going to say Georgia's number one. And again, the games haven't been played this weekend, so this is a look-ahead top four. Georgia's number one, Ohio State's number two, Cincinnati's number three, Alabama's number four. That's what I have. I think they keep Oklahoma out. Oklahoma, you know, the questions at quarterback, uh, taking it down to the wire with Kansas, being down 28 or whatever it was against Texas. I just think there's a lot of questions around Oklahoma and their success for the remainder of the season. I would put them at five. So my top four look ahead would be Georgia, Ohio I'm State, Cincy, Alabama. I mean, we, the, the big matchup this weekend is obviously that big new kickoff with Michigan, Michigan State. So that's a top 10 win Yeah. before the first playoffs. I wonder if that will help jump one yeah. of those teams into, into the playoffs possibly because it's a perfect time to get a big win. Michigan obviously is a big brand. I think they win the football game, and that's 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 a huge resume booster right there. A and O um, going against say you know Ohio State with that one loss today. Do they take that into account? I still think Ohio State's a better team, but right now Michigan's playing great football. I know yeah, they always falter at the end of the year. We'll see if Jim Harbaugh can get that monkey off his back. Um, the big monkey too is just he has to win these games. I mean he's struggled well, mightily. Dude, Ohio State's going to beat him by Michigan fifty State, points. Ohio State. Ohio State's going to beat them by fifty points. I don't agree with that one. I think they it's a good game, but yeah, they win by double digits. Has Michigan ever beat Ohio State? I mean, that's not going to happen. Like, no. I, so unfortunate for them that that always has to be the last game of the season because they just they won't be able to do it. I will say that right now at 8 a.m. Monday, October 25th. I'll say it. Michigan will get schlacked by Ohio State. Is Wake Forest up inside the top ten? Will they start creeping them in? Dude, how how can you take they, they just let Army score fifty plus on them? Fifty burger. They had to score seventy. It looked like a basketball score on my score app when I was you know out and about on Saturday. Ridiculous. How on earth? I, I just I'm not buying Wake Forest. I'll just say that right now. I'm not either, buying Wake teams, Forest. Teams win in different ways. I mean, look at LSU or two years ago. LSU gave up a ton of points weekly, but they would score 50, 60 points per game. So. You know, wins a wins a win. If you're undefeated, LSU it, wasn't giving up 56 points to freaking Army. No, no disrespect to the cadets up at West Point. How how are there that many possessions with a triple option team? Usually, the game's a little bit lower scoring because of less possessions. I mean, there must have been absolutely no defense on the field and just back and forth, back and forth. So, I don't know. A lot of questions still to be answered. I think this is a good separation weekend for a lot of teams to start knocking the the pretenders out a little bit. Yeah. Um, and start narrowing this thing down some. Did you see my tweet before I let you go? Did you see my tweet about how I think I've got a solution for the targeting rule in college football? Please, and I got I got something I got to tell you about okay. that too because I've been diving into it as well with with talking to some people. So I said that the targeting rule accountability is the key here, um, and kids getting kicked out for clearly not vicious or malicious hits or blows to the head is just wrong. It's not good for the game. Uh, it discourages kids. It, it really is just frustrating for everybody involved. Most importantly, the fans. But like the kids aren't even there, there's. We've seen far too many targeting penalties result in 15-yard penalties and ejections that should not be targeting penalties because they're not um, dangerous by any stretch of the imagination. Here's what I said, okay? I said if there's a targeting call on the field 
and the call gets overturned, meaning no targeting. I said the ref should get ejected from the game, and he shouldn't get his paycheck. Have some accountability. Now, people thought I was being, like, really serious on Twitter, and I'm like, people, what? it's a joke. Clearly, the easy way to move forward would be to have a nuanced rule, a flagrant one and a flagrant two, meaning it is targeting and it's not vicious or malicious, 15 yards. If it is a launch, a clear blow to the head, get his ass out of the game. Like I think we all agree with that, but the fact that there's no nuance in a penalty that has such big determinations on outcomes of games and the fact that refs can just throw it, it, it just bothers me. And you know what? I take it back. I am being serious. Kick the refs out of the game and don't pay them. So I, I, I had a really good talk with Dennis Dodd from CBS. You know, okay. Dennis yeah. has his his fingers on the pulse and, and knows a lot of people throughout college football and, and, and the people who kind of make these decisions. And I asked him about that. Um, and he said the worry and the reason why this will not get changed is because NCAA has made a decision about this. And I was like, why can't they do the flagrant one, flagrant two to keep kids in the game? He said the lawsuits that would happen oh, yeah. from attorneys coming because of head injuries is what is is the reason why. According to him, from the people he's talked to, is that the 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 lawsuits that would ensue for going back on this and taking a softer stance on targeting is what worries the NCAA. That's well, a lot a lot should worry the NCAA. Yeah. A lot. And you better keep putting out a good product on the field because that's what's Probably keeping them afloat right now because I'm just telling you right now, NCAA, it's just, it's kind of, I don't know. But what we're each saying is that there is a way to put some nuance into the targeting rule that would allow for flexibility in terms of, hey, clearly this was not a malicious hit. It wasn't vicious. It wasn't dangerous. Keep the kid in the game. Keep the kid in the game. I think that's probably how they could address it. Will they? Who can trust the NCAA? They can't. I'm telling you, they cannot yeah. go back on yeah. it. That's the problem. They, they, they. That ship has sailed, and and and, and the lawsuits that can ensue. So it's it's unfortunate. I mean, go back to the yeah. Auburn versus Penn State at the goal line. What are you supposed to freaking do? First of all, he wasn't going with his helmet to helmet. Um, I don't know. There's just so much gray area, and it's just so unfortunate that the kid could work that hard for big time football games to get kicked out for something that was not intentional. Like we all grew up watching you got knocked out or knocked yeah, up or whatever yeah. the hell it is. Um, not knocked up, knocked out. <laughs> yes. But we yes. know when someone's launching and jacked up is what it was. Jacked up. You got jacked up. There, you there go. it is. Uh, I was just thinking about Sharon and I, what can I say? Uh, <laughs> working on number two, working on go. number two. There you go. Public announcement, <laughs> public service. And you can tell, you can tell when someone's trying to take someone's head off and when someone's not. Yeah, of course you can. It's a, it's a fast game, I man. Know, man. I know. I Even know. for punters, it's a fast game. Well, now you're, now you're going too far. Now you're going too far. Well, hey, uh, week nine is going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Week eight, hey, I think we all expected a little bit of a lull this weekend, but we certainly took advantage of it because these weekends are becoming numbered, which is scary. We all love college football. And you know what else we love? Taking care of our significant others. That's why we are proud to be partnering with Solomon Brothers Jewelers, family-owned and operated since 1982, the top-rated jewelry store in both Buckhead and Alpharetta, beautiful stores with amazing service custom jewelry designs, interest-free financing options, and the lowest prices on the highest quality jewelry and diamonds, guaranteed. Mention the Punt and Pass podcast or just mention Drew or Aaron, and you get 10% off your jewelry purchase. Go to SolomonBrothers.com, at Solomon Brothers on Instagram. 
I can't wait to take the girls there, Aaron. We will report back. I wonder if we mention ourselves or the podcast if we'll get 10% off. I'll check, and I'll let you know right here on Punt and Pass. Anything else on the way out, my man? No, man. Big week. It's Florida hate yeah, week for go. Georgia fans. I'm excited. I'm about to head to Athens right now and start cool. doing some interviews. I got Jordan Davis. I got Kirby. So I'll have some good stuff to um, inform the listeners come Thursday show. I love it. I love it. Sounds good, my man. Well, hey, be sure to follow us on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. Aaron's at Aaron Murray 11. I am at Drew Butler. Check out puntandpass.com, and we will talk to you on Thursday. See you. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Ballou here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia.